Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to our Michigan Man Extra for this month. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Hall Financial, where client satisfaction is at the core of everything they do. Speak with a mortgage expert today at 248-574-8323. That's 248-574-8323. Or visit online at davidhallmortgage.com. Make sure to mention you heard about them on The Michigan Man. On today's episode, we'll be joined by one of our favorites, Wolverine.com editor Chris Ballas. First, a few news and notes to get us started. Drake Harris's days at wide receiver are apparently over. It was announced earlier this week Drake will make the move to cornerback and fight for playing time there. Harris was one of the very highly touted players in the 2014 class, but injuries have held him back much of his career. He is healthy now and hopes to join the crowded secondary competition this summer. Michigan has one quarterback committed to its 2018 class and another who just visited Ann Arbor. Both are headed to the Elite 11 Finals for the top quarterback prospects in the nation. Tyler Shug, and I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his name. We'll check with Steve Lorenz on next week's show. But Tyler is a 2018 three-star quarterback from Hamilton High School in Chandler, Arizona. He earned an invitation to the Elite 11 on Monday night. Joe Milton, a four-star quarterback and Michigan commit from Olympia High School in Orlando, Florida, previously landed an invitation to that very same event. Friday Night Big Ten football is here to stay, but the league's administrators are taking a careful approach to the number of games and when they take place moving forward. The league's athletic directors and conference leaders met on Monday afternoon with high school sports administrators as part of the conference's annual joint group meetings. Included in the discussion was Michigan High School Athletic Association Executive Director Jack Roberts. Among the topics discussed was the Big Ten's move into Friday Night Football starting this fall, and Northwestern AD Jim Phillips said Big Ten representatives are in unison with their high school counterparts. Michigan AD Ward Manuel says Saturday is still the preferred day for Michigan games, and Spartan AD Mark Hollis says they will only play a Friday night game on Labor Day weekend, so we'll see how that all shakes down in the next couple of years. Even though spring football is over, we're still talking about it. Rome, the quarterback competition, etc., etc. Then there is the DJ Wilson and Mo Wagner flirtation with the NBA. Softball is back in the NCAA tournament this week. And if baseball takes care of business against Sparty this week, they may very well be heading to the tournament in a few weeks. There is much to talk about on the Michigan athletic scene, and to do that this month, we are joined by editor Chris Ballas from TheWolverine.com. First, let's take a time out for a word from our sponsor, Hall Financial, here on The Michigan Man, on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Hey, this is David Hall here from Hall Financial with a fun fact. I graduated from the University of Michigan back in the day, and I bleed maize and blue. In fact, it hurts me every time we have to hire a Spartan or even worse, a Buckeye. But, you know, they make it up to me with how well they take care of our clients at Hall Financial. Client satisfaction is at the core of everything we do. It's why we're racking up five-star lender reviews on Zillow. Speak with a mortgage expert today and call us whether you're purchasing or you want to refinance at 248-574-8323. That's 248 248- 
574-8323. Or you can chat with us online. Go to davidhallmortgage.com. That's davidhallmortgage.com. Hit the chat button. Send us your questions or your situation. We'll get you back to you right away. Lower rates, better options, more personal attention. That's all financial. 248 574 8323. Restrictions apply. A Michigan licensed broker. Lender and NMLS number 1467435. Equal housing lender. With us on our Michigan Man Extra here for the uh, month of May, Chris Ballas from Wolverine.com. Chris, always great to have you on the show. Welcome back. Thanks a lot, man. Always great to be on. Well, spring practice uh, has come and gone. There's really a lot going on in the Michigan athletics scene. They'll start with football. Media outlets, though, Chris, fans still talking about uh, the Rome adventure. And I thought it was funny that even some Jim Harbaugh critics like Paul Feinbaum, of all people, thought he hit a home run with the trip. What was your overall take of that whole Rome adventure? Yeah, incredible, really. And before it even happened, a lot of people were calling it a game changer in terms of recruiting. But, you know, obviously there's a recruiting element to it, and kids are going to be able to go overseas. This is not going to be the only trip that they take in the next five years. He's already talking about South Africa next year or Rio talked about Japan, talking about New Zealand, but you could tell that there was certainly an educational aspect to it and uh, and kind of a spiritual aspect for Jim Harbaugh, who mm-hmm. had a chance to meet the Pope and, uh, and have his kids uh, baptized and confirmed in the Vatican by a Monsignor. I think it was a Detroit Monsignor, as a matter of fact. But you saw the tweets from these kids, Grant Newsom, for example, tweeting on the last day, from his balcony overlooking the Vatican and saying, man, what an experience. And you could tell that it really hit home for a lot of them. And uh, it's a great way, another great way, in my opinion, to level the playing field against teams that are just flat-out paying kids. And uh, uh, this is something that not every university can do and makes you wonder if the NCAA is going to step in and try to put the kibosh on it or limit it maybe to once every four years the way they do with basketball. They're allowed to take a European trip or go overseas. But uh, either way, I think uh, there's no Nobody that could have said that there were ulterior motives here other than a student-athlete and getting them some world ex- worldly experience, and that really I thought was fantastic. It, was, it wasn't even about football. In fact, when I talked to some of the assistant coaches before they left, they said there's not going to be as much football. This is more about seeing things and doing some things, and uh, they certainly accomplished that. Well, you're right. It wasn't about football uh, in its totality, but it still makes me wonder. We haven't heard a peep from any of the NCAA types, and you, you wonder, as you just mentioned, what they might try to do with this whole spring type of a trip out of the country in the future. Yeah, because it was funded by a booster, you know, so people will probably say, oh, it's an extra benefit. But here's the thing. They cleared it through the clearinghouse by saying, you know, this is these are opportunities because Michigan students have them. Any Michigan student would have them that uh, that, you know, they it's not really an extra benefit. So. Uh, in that sense, it was brilliant. You know, we get a lot of people on our message boards and fans saying, oh, what's the big deal? It's not a big deal. And then afterwards, completely changed their tune because not only was Michigan in the news every day, you could follow them and see what they were doing. And you could see how what a life-changing event it was for a lot of these kids. So I know that as a parent, if I had a kid that was uh, considering different schools and I knew that he was going to be able to get some of this worldly education, I would certainly think twice about it, and it would certainly be a high priority for me. Now, there are always going to be those who are looking for the you know, the bag of cash under the table or something like that, but this, in terms of uh, 
they, they view it as, like they always say, it's a 40-year commitment, not a four-year commitment. And this is what you've got to look forward to as a Michigan alum and as a Michigan student. I thought it was brilliant. And as Jim Harbaugh said after the uh, the trip, there were really no negatives uh, to take from it. Last week when I had John Jansen on the show, he said, you know, it's an educational experience. It's a, an incredible bonding time for the team, one that they couldn't replicate uh, really in any other way. And the thing he said, and I like this too, is you take a, a group of young men, college athletes, offshore on a, a big trip like this, and you think, well, maybe you're going to uh, have a few incidents and maybe some guys misbehave a bit. But these guys uh, did such a, an incredibly wonderful job of representing the University of Michigan, didn't they? They did, and uh, and again, it's kind of spreading the brand, right? There are Michigan fans everywhere, and that's what you'll hear Jim Harbaugh say. He, can go, he was on the beach at Normandy, for example, and got approached by <laughs> some Michigan fans a couple of years ago and ran into an, an old Ohio State captain and was talking to him. So, uh, But they did. It, it was really, And it was really well documented by a number of different outlets. I know that Marty Smith from ESPN was there, and was really watching everything that was going on. You know, one thing that kind of caught caught my eye more than anything was the, the sword fighting that they were doing and with the wooden swords and seeing Don Brown out there, Michigan's defensive coordinator, and, and how he, he beat Pep Hamilton, Michigan's offensive coordinator, I think it was, and the, and the defensive kids running around him and putting him on their shoulders. I mean, it was just really, like you said, a bonding experience. I'm sure that Jansen said the same, how he would have loved to have gone back then and be, been able to do the same thing but uh, it brings the team closer together and a lot of people will say well they're you know sacrificing some workout time in the summer well you know what for a couple of weeks you can sacrifice that it doesn't take that long to get back into the swing of things and it makes you a better team chemistry is everything as you know when it comes to winning tight games in the fall so i think it was certainly valuable in that respect well now the spring practice is in the books uh, it looks like we have uh, a real quarterback competition doesn't it chris it does at this point and uh Wilton's Bay better pick it up because after that spring game, before they went to Rome, you know he did not look good in that game. He had a couple of picks, one returned 101 yards, and you know he kind of blew it off a little bit and said, "Well, you know it'll it really doesn't matter." And I don't know that he said it that way, but he said he wasn't concerned about it. But you know I think Jim Harbaugh, the way he views it, is that okay. Everything you do as the Michigan quarterback, and he would know, having had the experience, is a competition, and you want to win, and you'd be damn well better want to win. And uh, so I don't think that sit, sat real well with him. At the same time, Wilton Spate, in the practices that we didn't see, was uh, what we heard was by far the best quarterback of the spring. Now, Brandon Peters, however, has really made up some ground, and this is a kid that nothing seems to phase him. So it's going to be interesting to see how the redshirt freshman continues his progression this summer. This is going to be big. He's got the better arm. He uh, makes all the throws, and uh, he's really not really a natural leader, but his teammates said when he's in the huddle out there, he really gets the job done in that respect. So uh, I'll be anxious to watch it. You know, everybody's talking about Dylan McCaffrey, the true freshman. They want to redshirt him. So, But you're going to see in the years to come where they're going to have a stable of quarterbacks and it's going to be the guy that wins these cutthroat competitions that wins the job. So I wouldn't call it a, uh, a full-blown quarterback controversy right now, but I will say this, Wilton Spate had better be on his A game this fall because everything is a competition to Jim Harbaugh, too, when it comes to winning jobs on the field. Well, that's right. You hear Jim say all the time, it's a meritocracy. You earn your place on the field. I know a lot of fans sort of listen to that and say, yeah, but 
Probably not. Wilton's still going to be the guy. But, you know, the way Jim operates, I would not be at all surprised if maybe young Brandon wins the job. Yeah, and Wilton, you know what? Experience is huge. And coming back, that was supposed to be one of the advantages they had. They're, they're revamping the defense. They're going to have to replace 10 starters on defense. Granted, there's a lot of talent there. But you're thinking that that's a position of strength now because you've got a quarterback who was third-team All-Big Ten coming back with some experience, but has not, at least at this point, looked to make that next step that everybody would have expected him to. And, uh, you know, his ceiling's probably not as high as a Brandon Peters, so that means he'd better be really consistent. And that's what he has not been, as we saw in the spring game. We saw him have a bad practice overseas in Rome from the, some of the film we saw through another pick or two in, in one of the practices. But again, uh, you know, when it's different when the lights go on. It's something that John Beeline says on the basketball side of things, too. He's had a lot of guys in practice that have been outstanding practice players that when the lights go on, they can't, they aren't up to the task. I think, don't think Peters will be that guy, but you don't know until he's out there. So it'll be interesting to watch. I, I would expect Wilton Spate to, to take the first snaps against Florida down in Arlington in the opener. Uh, at the same time, he had, again, he'd better be on his A game. Well, that offensive unit is a rebuild for the most part. few uh, starters back in that offensive line, maybe Wilton at quarterback. But starting with the offensive line play, it sounds like the staff expectations are already very high for this group, Chris. Yeah, and, and speaking to some former Michigan offensive linemen like Doug Skeen, they liked it too from what they saw in the spring. They think that the ceiling is actually higher for this line than it was with last year's veterans. And you look, he had three guys that started, what, three or four years on the offensive line, Kyle Kalis and, and Ben Braden and guys like that, Eric Magnuson, that weren't drafted. And uh, how often does that happen at Michigan when you have that many starters uh, that that just don't even get drafted, that might not play in the NFL? And it just doesn't. So you've got some guys now, in my opinion, like Ben Bredesen at left guard, I think Mason Cole at left tackle. I think that left side of the line is going to be great, but you got to hope that the center position, that Pat Kugler, a fifth-year senior, he said he's taking it seriously. And he told us this spring, he said, you know, I didn't really understand what it took physically didn't need to know what I needed to do and to get in the weight room and things like that on my own. He said, I've gotten stronger, I've gotten better. He had a solid spring. So uh, it's going to be interesting, that right side of the line. You look at Michael Unwenu, the sophomore, and I think that kid has the potential to be an All-American, at the very least an All-Big Ten guy. Tough to move in there, but he's got to lose some weight. He's got to get a little bit more mobile uh, for his pass-blocking ability. He's going to be a, run, a road grader as a run blocker. And then your right tackle spot. you got John Runyon out there who is playing extremely well from what we understand and might have passed Juwan Bushel-Beatty, who's down to 315 pounds and, and really in good shape, too, for that right tackle spot. But things are going to play out. It looks to me like they have some more depth. I like Nolan Elysio. You look at Steven Spinella as a redshirt freshman who I think – and who everybody thinks after watching the spring game really plays with a nasty streak. So, and Cesar Ruiz is a guy that people who have seen every practice this spring told us they are going to have a place for him in the two deep without question. He's still got to lose about 10 pounds, but the true freshman, you don't want him playing at center probably as a true freshman, but maybe as a backup guard or something like that and get some playing time. So they're starting to get there, but again, that's been a sore spot for how many years now where it just hasn't been the same as it was like in the 80s and the 90s when they were just reloading there. So it'll be great to see that position get caught up under Jim Harbaugh. Well, over on the other side, good chunk of the defense, of course, heading to the NFL. And you could understand if the staff was, you know, notching down expectations, but it seems just the opposite. Don Brown keeps talking about his defense. It has the potential to be 
very, very good again this year. Does that surprise you in any way, Chris? No, because, uh, and I've told you this and many people this, you know, look at what he did at Boston College with half the talent, you know, leading the big the uh, nation, actually leading the nation in defense at Boston College with much less talent. So uh, that defensive line, for example, was really a first-team line that was playing second-team last year. We saw what they did against Ohio State, for example. Maurice Hurst was just a wrecking ball in there. Rashawn Gary is primed to take that next step. I think ESPN or somebody had him as the number nine player in college football, which I thought was a pretty high praise for a guy who still has yet to prove himself, but he certainly has that potential. Chase Winovich looks better. you got a Brian Monet who has been hurt and has not played his best ball yet. I think that defensive line could really pave the way for a pretty special group. Then you got speed all over the field. you got young guys, and to, to me, the, the key is going to be how those young cornerbacks hold up because in talking to Mike Zordich, the cornerbacks coach, for our football preview, he said, you know, Don Brown's not going to change anything. We're still going to play press man, and these guys are going to be on an island, and they need to perform. So could be a situation where you see a lot of jump balls thrown and how these guys react is going to be how that defense plays. We saw the defense a couple of years ago, for example, play really well against Michigan State with the exception of the jump balls to Aaron Burbridge that 50% of the time he caught and moved move the chains. So in Michigan State's improbable win there. But uh, that's what it's going to come down to to me. I don't worry about the linebackers. I think Mike McCray is going to be an all-Big Ten guy. Devin Bush, I think, is, is a future star. Got great speed. And uh, and again, the safeties as well next to the corners. Josh Metellus and Tyree Cannell, Kinnell, who had a great spring, uh, I think are going to be just fine. But again, you got to stay healthy too because they don't have the depth back there that they want just yet, which is why they're kind of looking at some some grad transfers at the safety position, a kid from Clemson. I forget his name off the top of my head, but they're looking at him. So don't have the numbers, but so you got to hope they stay healthy, but certainly a lot of talent back there and a lot of speed. Well, it's not going to be long now. Preseason publications are going to be out there, believe it or not, even though it's mid-May. Uh, and then the hype starts in earnest. It happens every summer. But right now, Chris, in mid-May, it seems to me like uh, a lot of the fans I talk to already expect this team you know, to contend in the Big Ten East. Realistic or is this still asking too much from a team of so many new faces? Yeah, you know what? I, I liken it to Ohio State last year when they lost 16 guys, and I think 13 or 14 of them went to the pros. And guess what? They won the Big Ten and they went to the uh, the playoff. And or they didn't win the Big Ten, but they went to the playoff anyway. I could see Michigan having that kind of a year. They, it sets up favorably. Michigan State is down. Obviously, they should beat them at home. Um, I expect them to beat Florida. I think Florida's got their own issues. So. Uh, I definitely think, too, it's going to be a team that gets stronger as the year goes on. These young guys, the more experience they get, the better they're going to be. We know they have the talent. They've recruited extremely well the last couple of years. So, But a big chunk of that, again, is going to be how that how the quarterback plays and how the offensive line plays. If you could point to one position last year, everybody says, well, look at the 10 guys they had drafted or the 11 guys they had drafted, and, and how could they not have been better and been in the playoff? Well, they point to one position group. They couldn't close out close games because they couldn't run the ball and pick up the those couple of yards that they needed down the stretch. So uh, it's really going to come down to that, I think. And uh, if Wilton Spate can take that next step and be that guy that can can get those first downs when they need them in close games. Uh, three games last year that could have gone either way, and they lost all three of them. So 
but I do think that uh, they, they've got plenty of pieces. I can't wait to see Chris Evans at running back and see what he can do in a full-time role after averaging seven yards per carry last year. Anxious to see with Craig Fry, the new offensive line coach, coming in, how they tweak things. They're going to run a little bit more spread and and uh, some things like that. Not a lot, obviously, with a Wilton Spade at quarterback, but uh, mix things up a little bit to be able to move the ball a little bit better offensively. Again, I think that defense will be fine under Don Brown, who I think has been a uh, Broyles Award candidate for the last four or five years, which is pretty remarkable. Even more remarkable, in my opinion, that he hasn't won it. But enough talent, in my opinion, that they can certainly contend in the Big Ten and uh, get an Ohio State at home in the last game of the year if they improve to the point that uh, they get a chance to play with the Big Ten championship berth on the line. Then uh, I think they're going to be uh, in pretty good shape. Uh, as far as the NFL draft news, of course, huge NFL draft for us. We know that. But what do you make of all this uh, chatter about Jabril Peppers and the test results? And it, it just sure is getting a lot of media play that doesn't seem to want to go away, does it? It doesn't. Uh, and the only way to make it go away is to get out there and prove yourself and not have any incidents. You know, they treat a diluted sample like a failed test. And uh, so he's got to live with that. And whether or not it was warranted, uh, I guess he could probably appeal it if he wanted to or, or whatever. But um, you know what? Go out and play well and uh, and put it behind you. Don't have any incidents and, and nobody's going to care. So, you know, Jabril Peppers has always been a big story, A, because he plays at Michigan, and B, you know, getting called out is overrated by Ohio State fans and everybody else. And, you know, should he really have been the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, so on and so forth, and people like to hate. There's no doubt about it, but I think he's a special talent. I think he's going to do great things in Cleveland. And again, just go out and prove yourself on the field and uh, keep your nose clean off the field, and you won't have any problems. I'm not even sure I understand the test results story because uh, I've heard of things like this before somewhat in the past, but Jabril said he had uh, to work out for two position groups, so he drank too much water, and that caused him. I don't even know if you can say he failed the test. It was a diluted sample, whatever that means. Have you heard of that happening before, Chris? Uh, I think it was the, the kid from Alabama was the only other one, and that was um, the same this year. Uh, so, uh, but again, uh, you know, it looked like he was trying to hide something, and his teammates came to his defense. And Jordan Lewis said the same thing. Man, he said this kid, uh, you know, he cramps up a lot. He drinks more water than anybody you've ever seen. And the last time that people questioned Jabril Pepper's character and said that, oh, you know, he was faking an injury before the Orange Bowl. Well, they showed the practice film when he sh- when he pulled up with a uh, with looked like a pulled hamstring, and uh, he, he even threw that on Twitter to defend himself. So, again, people are going to look for reasons to hate, and you're going to see all over social media. You know, that's what we that's all we see these days. It seems like people mm-hmm. trying to cut people down, and uh, and it's unfortunate. Uh, I know that his teammates loved him, thought he was a high character guy. So, uh, frankly, it doesn't matter. Uh, there are, there have been a lot of lot worse things. Uh, I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, if you look. Around the NFL than a uh, than a diluted sample, and uh, he just needs to make sure that uh, that it doesn't happen again, and that uh, again that he learns a lesson from this. Whether it was drinking too much water or whatever he did, you know we have no no way of knowing one way or the other. But uh, he was always great with us, and uh, from everything we heard, he was a great teammate. Well, and he'll get his chance uh, with the practice not that far away. So a lot going on in the athletic scene uh, right now, even though it's mid-May. Chris softball. I thought we were going to have a, a Minnesota-Michigan showdown in the Big Ten tournament over the weekend. It was here in Ann Arbor. Instead, we saw a quick 
exit at the hand of the Spartans. Uh, yeah. That was a surprise, wasn't it? It was, uh, you know, and here's the thing, too, though. You, you beat a team, I think they'd beaten them 19 times in a row, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, a rival, and uh, sometimes things happen. And it's unfortunate that they couldn't close it out, getting the 4-2 to two lead and in the ninth inning. I think when Megan Betts hit the first batter, if I'm not mistaken, then you mm-hmm. kind of got the sense that, okay, maybe she's a little tight. And uh, and at times, she struggled in those scenarios to put games away. But I didn't think the draw was terrible. I really wanted to see him play Minnesota because they hadn't played him all year, and it's hard to lose to a Big Ten champion, right, that you haven't played. Uh, to, to lose a Big Ten championship to a team you haven't played. At the same time, Minnesota's lost, what, three games all year. Right. Uh, certainly earned it by winning both the uh, – both the Big Ten Championship and the Tournament Championship. I thought they got a raw deal. I think 17 overall, I think, is what uh, was what their, their seed kind of played out as. But uh, I don't mind Michigan's draw, honestly. If they weren't going to be able to host a regional, then uh, to avoid teams like Oklahoma, for example, and some of the SEC teams, going out west isn't the worst thing, even though Washington, I believe, handed Minnesota two of its losses, and they're playing out there. So we'll see. But you know what? It's uh, Everybody's like, oh, oh, my God, what happened to the softball team? Well, guess what? This has been a program that's been on top for so long that you're stunned when they finish second, and, uh, and that's kind of a good problem to have. They're still in the tournament, still have a chance to finish on a high note. Wouldn't surprise me at all if they, uh, if they won that regional. Baseball swept Purdue over the weekend. They're ranked number 16, maybe even higher when the polls come out this week. 39-12 and 12 overall, 14-7 and 7 in the Big Ten, and their NCAA fate is squarely in their hands, isn't it, Chris? Yep, with three games against the Spartans, who would like nothing more than to than to ruin their season. Yeah, a three-way tie atop the Big Ten standings, which is exciting. It's nice to see the baseball program come back, and uh, and I think they've got uh, they've got a team that they can win these three games, and they and they could win the Big Ten. It'd be great, uh, you know. That's what. Uh, even Dave Brandon, you know, I hate to bring up the former athletic director, but he said, you know, that was the, that's the goal is to win Big Ten championships or contend for Big Ten championships every year. And you've kind of felt over the years that at times the baseball program hasn't been where it needed to be. So uh, to see them get back is great. I think they're going to have an opportunity here. It's going to be fun to watch that series. It's going to be exciting because it's a rival again. <clears throat> and as, as softball showed, it's tough uh, again when you've got a rival that's gunning for you tough to close them out so three games in my opinion they've got to win all three to win the big 10 and uh here's hoping they can do it well it's been a lot of fun to watch this year and you know when you talk about this program coach package came in with high expectations it's taken him a while and you knew it would uh, but it looks like now what i like best about it He's building that foundation for success in the years ahead, Chris. Yeah, and I'm pitching, too, and that's where you win games. And uh, Rich Maloney had some good moments here. He did a good job here at times, but I think that they were trying to take it to the next level with Coach Backich, and uh, they seem to be on the cusp of doing that. They're recruiting extremely well. It's great to see a Northern program. I had a buddy tell me, you know, that baseball program is never going to be, it's not worth it, it's never going to be, uh, you know, worth having a baseball team. They should scrap the program and look, look, you know, it's you look at what softball accomplished, and it can be done. You know, you've got to travel a lot. You've got to play a lot of games down south early. But uh, but you can convince kids that, hey, you can win at a high level here. It really comes down to recruiting. I think he's doing a great job of that.
Well, another story Michigan fans are keeping an eye on is um, DJ Wilson and Mo Wagner still waiting to see if they're going to uh, go or stay with the program. And they're both getting mixed reviews, Chris, from NBA scouting services. They were both in the uh, the recent combine. What are your thoughts on their situation? Yeah, I think both of them should come back to school. And in fact, I wrote my column on that. If you're not going to be a, a guaranteed first round pick, and neither one of these guys is, it looks right now, according to scouts, that Mo Wagner would be second round to undraft. DJ Wilson would be second round. Uh, I think only Chad Ford, I think, or NBA Draft Express, one of them had him at number 30 to Utah, but they're guessing, essentially, and everybody basically is telling them to go back to school. And with DJ Wilson's situation, if he were able to work out for some teams and they said, you know, we really like you and we think you would be our first-round pick, that'd be one thing, but he's got the quad injury, has not been able to work out, did not was not able to raise his stock with the, in the five-on-five portion of it because – uh, because of the injury. So uh, it makes perfect sense, in my opinion, to do what Trey Burke did and come back to school and leave your legacy here as one of those guys that really went out on a high note. Who would have thought anything about Trey Burke? Uh, if he left after one year, they'd have said, wow, thanks for you know winning a Big Ten. But you know here he is now, National Player of the Year, got him to the National Championship game in his second year, and uh, left a legacy, and that's important. You know, 40 years from now, especially to a lot of these kids, they're going to look back and say, what did I really accomplish, and, and how do Michigan fans look at me? You know, you got a huge alumni base. I think D.J. Wilson and Mo Wagner could definitely benefit from that and, uh, and be those guys that everybody remembers by coming back and leading Michigan to one more big year. Yeah, let's hope so. I, I too, think they need at least another year. So we have until, I think it's May 24th, they have to make a decision by then, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And Wagner's coming back, there's no doubt in my mind there. Wilson, I think, is still at least flirting with the idea, but I think he understands that his path, his best path, to the NBA is to come back to Michigan and prove his game. I think that he could be a top 15, top 20 pick next year if he comes back and does what he's capable of doing in Michigan. I agree with that. Well, Mel Pearson uh, takes over for Red Berenson uh, this coming season. Michigan's new uh, head hockey coach. Of course, he, he was here for a long time before he went up to Michigan Tech and did an incredible job uh, with that program. And it seems like uh, folks around college hockey think this was a home run hire for Michigan, Chris. It was a grand slam. Uh, there was a, it was a no-brainer to me. And uh, Red told him years ago, he said, you know what, go out and, and do your thing so that there's no doubt about it when you're ready. And Mel Pearson's 58 years old, but Red Berenson coached until he was 76, 77 years old. This is a guy that I think can be a 15-year guy here and did prove himself. You look what he did with that Michigan Tech program. And, uh, you know, you don't, as we, as we saw with Rich Rodriguez, everybody's like, oh, go out and get the hot young coach or so on and so forth. It doesn't always work out for the best. I think you've got a guy who, uh, who, again, still one of the best coaches in the country, in my opinion, and he has ties to the program. To me, that's ideal. So wouldn't surprise me to see Wiseman stay on as his assistant coach, and I think that's probably a guarantee to happen. And uh, maybe bring Bill McColt back to be an assistant with him as well. They're still waiting to finalize that. But uh, I would love to see that. To me, it's a, it's a seamless transition. You're going to have Red Berenson in there helping him out when he needs it. I don't think Red, Red in no way, shape, or form is going to be a meddler. He's going to kind of be like Bo Schembechler was after Gary Moeller took over and then Lloyd Carr is going to be in the office there to uh, to advise and in that role only and I think that's going to help as well. I think this thing is going to roll and I think Mel's going to do a great job here.
I think he is, too. What people talk about in college hockey is what a great recruiter he was when he was at Michigan. And if you don't believe that, uh, look at what he did in Michigan Tech in his almost six years there. I mean, that was an incredible turnaround, and they hadn't been in the tournament for 30-plus years. Yep, and uh, really turned that program into a into a solid program. I hope they continue to do well up there, too. We always root for those schools, too. But, uh, again, he's got a recruiting hotbed right here in his, in his backyard, and I think he's going to tear it up. I think that uh, he's a no-nonsense guy. We've talked to people who've worked for him. I think the defense will be better. I think he'll get players here, and I think this program is going to be back up where it should be in the tournament every year and uh, and making runs and uh, and really in contention for Big Ten titles every year as well. Well, as you can tell, even though it's mid-May, there's still a lot going on in the Michigan athletic scene. Softball and baseball, hopefully, will be around and holding our attention for the rest of the month. One last question, though, Chris. When sure. does the Wolverine preseason issue come out this summer? <laughs> We're writing it right now. As a matter of fact, I took a break to talk to you, and I appreciate that because you're grinding, you know. And it's, uh, but it's coming out. Uh, it, it goes to print on June 9th. It should be out by the end of June, and uh, 800-421-7751 to order. You can always go to thewolverine.com, too, and check it out there. So that's our, our pride and joy, and uh, we put a lot of work into that, so we're looking forward to getting that thing out. Oh, yeah. We all look forward to seeing that come out. Uh, helps with the show prep, too, so I love it. Uh, <laughs> you know it. <laughs> my guest today on uh, this one's Michigan Man Extra has been Chris Ballas from thewolverine.com. Always a pleasure, Chris. So enjoy the summer. Keep working hard in that uh, preseason issue, and we'll get you back on in August when practice gets underway. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Up next is Wolverine Quick Hits as we wrap it up here in our Michigan Man Extra for May. First, a word from this week's sponsor, our friends at Hall Financial here on the Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the Vsporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze in Brew. Hey, this is David Hall from Hall Financial with a fun fact. I graduated from the University of Michigan back in the day, and I bleed maize and blue. In fact, it hurts me every time we have to hire a Spartan or even worse, a Buckeye. But they make it up to me with how well we take care of our clients. At Hall Financial, client satisfaction is at the core of everything we do. And it's why we're racking up five-star lender reviews on Zillow. Check them out. Speak with a mortgage expert today. Give us a call whether you're purchasing or you want to refinance your home mortgage at 248-574-8323. That's 248-574-8323. Or you could chat with us online. Go to davidhallmortgage.com, hit the chat button, send us your situation or your questions at davidhallmortgage.com. Lower rates, better options, more personal attention. That's all financial. 248-574-8323. Restrictions apply. A Michigan licensed broker. Lender and NMLS number. 1467-435. Equal housing lender. On Quick Hits today, led by a career-high four hits from sophomore Miles Lewis, the number 16 Michigan baseball team exploded for 17 hits on Tuesday night and rallied for a 12-4 victory over Eastern Michigan at the Wilpon Complex, home of Ray Fisher Stadium, in the Wolverines' final non-conference matchup of the regular season. The Wolverines return to action on Thursday as they travel to East Lansing to take on Michigan State in the first of three Big Ten Conference games, which will serve as the final contests of the regular season. Michigan State will host the first and final games of the series, with Michigan hosting the middle game. 
First pitch for Thursday's contest is set for 4.05 p.m. at McLean Stadium. Michigan is 40-12 overall and 14-7 in the Big Ten, heading into the Michigan State Series. The number 20-ranked softball team, 41-10-1 on the season, will head to Seattle, Washington to kick off the NCAA tournament this weekend at the University of Washington's Husky Softball Stadium. The Wolverines will open play against Fresno State at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Friday, and you can see the game live on ESPN2. The winner of the Seattle Regional will move on to a Super Regional against the winner of the Regional being hosted by Utah in Salt Lake City. The Regional consists of number 11 overall seed Utah, BYU, Mississippi State, and Fordham. So good luck to Coach Carol Hutchins and her team as they try and make another long run in the postseason. Thanks to our guest today, editor Chris Ballas from TheWolverine.com. Next week, it's time for another recruiting update. We're scheduled to have Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports with us on our monthly roundup. So make sure you join us for that next week. Our free show apps are available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. We can also be heard on Stitcher Radio, iHeart, and TuneIn Radio. If you get the show from iTunes, please take a minute to rate or review us. Thanks in advance for that. A big thank you to this week's sponsor, Hall Financial, where client satisfaction is at the core of everything they do. Speak with a mortgage expert today at 248-574-8323. That's 248-574-8323. Make sure you tell them the Michigan man sent you. That will do it for this month's Michigan Man Extra. We'll be back next Wednesday on our regular day with Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports for our monthly recruiting update, so we'll see you then. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until next time, take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!